0: It's good to see you, and a very warm welcome to Romford Baptist Church this morning. Warm, I say, because you're welcome, and you're welcome, God. Not so warm because the temperature has dropped, and we do still need to keep the ventilation to keep one another safe. So if you're cold near a window, do feel free to move to a more central place if you find that helpful as the service goes on. But we just want to keep everybody Safe, and that is why we have to do what we have to do, and we're in difficult times. But safety is really important. You are really welcome. And today is the first Sunday in Advent, and in a moment, Faye's going to come and light the first Advent candle on the Advent ring. But before she does, we're going to watch a short video.
1: Light can often be a symbol of hope. There's light at the end of the tunnel, the well-worn saying goes. We had a light bulb moment, we might declare, when in the midst of our confusion and uncertainty, a pathway forward suddenly became clear. And the light that we bear is a light that shines hope on our circumstances for it is a light that revealed the hope embedded in human stories that many might have been tempted to describe as anything but hopeful. Few would have believed or imagined as the wheels of power turned into motion and the emperor's cruel decree was disseminated and action through ranks of civil servants and military attaches, that the light of God was coming into the world. And as the weight of oppression bore down ever more heavily, with the residents of occupied towns and villages assembled and ordered off to their cities of heritage, who would stop to even ask if this might yet become part of God's salvation story? But the light of God was coming into the world. And who would have noticed one forgotten and abandoned couple, caught up in the same struggle as everyone else, but through honour, shame and social stigma, left to fend for themselves. But the light of God was coming into the world. And we declare a message of hope. Not in some vague attempt to construct sound bites of empty optimism but because we have discovered salvation's story at the heart of human chaos and tyranny, assuring us that we can declare in the face of any and every circumstance the light of God has come, spurring us to be those through whom this light of hope continues to shine, and assuring us that one day its blaze will be fully recognized.
0: And so, as Faye comes to light our first candle, we stand to sing our first song together. Praise him, you heavens, and all that's above. Let's praise God together. Let's remain standing for prayer. And we've proclaimed God as great. And we have seen the promise of hope coming into the world. And Lord, today we come to you in worship and adoration. We come to you, Lord. Recognizing your holiness and your sovereign power. And Lord, we thank you that we have this privilege the privilege of being able to gather and worship you in freedom, the privilege of being able to just come and give you of our best. And Lord, while sometimes we might choose to not come, Lord, today I'm just mindful that for many sisters and brothers in this world, they do not have this privilege. Gathering to worship is uh, under the fear of death or imprisonment. So, Lord, today we want to acknowledge before you today we have a huge privilege. And Lord, on this first Sunday in Advent, as we anticipate in the coming of the light into the world, the hope, we open our hearts afresh to you that we will see your light coming into our midst. We will see your hope coming into our lives. We thank you, Lord, and we praise you in the good times and the bad, when it's going well and when it's challenged. you please do sit down? Blessed be God's name. In the summer, we went through that song, do you remember? And we saw how the different verses taught us so much about what the Bible Was saying. And we're going through, starting today, the series of Advent. And looking at the different characters of Advent and what they can teach us. Today, Vicky's going to, when she comes to preach, talk about Mary. And we're going to have the theme: from pain comes blessing. From pain comes blessing. Sometimes when we're going through pain, we don't understand it, do we? Why can't this pain just be taken away from us? But we see that through the Bible, there are so many characters that go through really tough times, yet coming out of them, God shows real blessing. The tough times are often the journey to a better place. And in Mary's story, and I'm not going to start preaching Vicki's sermon now, because I will get in so much trouble later. But in Mary's story, there is so much that she would rather have gone differently. But she saw the blessing of obedience. The blessing of God having his way, even through the painful times I want to say to you this morning, being open, Vicky's waving her arms at me at the back, there may be pain later and I might see blessing, I will so tell you another time. But I want to say to you this morning, if you're going through a pain, if you're in a dark place, don't run from God, run to God. Let God meet you right in your pain and take you to that place of blessing. And in this time of worship this morning, and in a moment we're going to sing our next song, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, your love, perfect love is casting out fear. Whatever you're about to go through or going through, May you know God's deep presence within you. And maybe in this next song you're going to choose not to sing. But choose to receive. And let it be sung over you by those who are choosing to sing. As a ministry to you. That in the deepest pain you may be going through. God wants to bless you. Do you believe that today? Do you believe God wants to bless you and meet you? God wants his face to shine upon you and give you peace. Even from pain can come blessing. Even though I walk through the valley we stand as we sing but if you don't want to sing and you want to just sit and have it sung over you that is fine and lord we thank you that you never let go of us and lord i pray for all those who are going through difficult times this morning wherever they are take hold of them lord and may they know your hand upon their lives. In Jesus' name, Amen. Please do sit down. Before Haley gives the notices, I just wanted to comment. Um, I don't know if you saw the Prime Minister's announcements about this new variant. I thought it'd be good just to reflect for a moment as a church I want to say a huge thank you to RBC for loving each other that all those who are able to wear masks continue to wear masks that's such an act of love for one another and we pray that will continue and just thank you If you are able to continue wearing your masks in church, please do so. We do know that the biggest risk of COVID now, where before we felt it was what we touched, we now know it's airborne. And we will keep the windows open, so bring your coat, but don't give up worshipping. Don't give up gathering, but just bring your coat and we can continue. Hopefully not every Sunday is going to be as cold as this one. It's a bit of a shock, isn't it? Oh, yesterday was such a shock from the water we've had. But we are able to worship, so let's take advantage of that. But in love, continue to wear our masks. And keep, let's keep praying for our National Health Service. I've benefited greatly from our National Health Service over the last... Few weeks, and I thank you for your prayers and support as I've taken time out for my spinal surgery. But can I just say we need to continue praying for them and supporting them at this next point? And I'm going to be totally blunt now, and I'm going to t- say, as your pastor, a year ago we were praying for vaccines, remember? And God. Gave us scientists who created a vaccine in record time. That wasn't rushed. It was done through very diligence, but built upon previous models that meant that they could complete the vaccine in record time. Let me just be quite clear the vaccine is not the mark of the beast. Okay? Get and read your Bible properly. It's not a lack of trusting in God. Get and read your Bible properly. And nor by taking the vaccine is God going to be undermined. God is bigger than that. You can't put something in your arm that stops God being sovereign. It does not change your DNA. I wonder why so many people would rather believe what they read on a vague place on Facebook than the national scientists who have studied for years. And nor is it giving the government control. I think that theory is just saying giving too much intelligence to our government. They can't even get crossrail right. So how they're going to take control by jabbing everybody's arm is just beyond belief. But for the sake of our National Health Service and the love of our people around us, if you've not had the vaccine, can I encourage you to do so? It's an act of Christian love. And if you've been invited for your booster, go for it. I am totally vaccinated up and boosted up. And I've done that because I care about people. And it's important that we all do. If you want to talk to me about this, contact the office and ask for a conversation. I'll phone you up and talk to you about it. But there is nothing in the vaccine that means a Christian should not take it. It has not been built on fetuses that some people believe it has. There's a lot of lies going around by people who need to find something else to do. And people may be upset by what I'm saying, but I'm not apologizing, because that's what I believe we need to do. And as this variant comes, it could knock the whole of life back to where we were a year ago if we don't take it seriously. So as your pastor, as someone who genuinely loves and cares about you, I don't want to be doing the funeral for anyone because they didn't take the vaccine. And 80% of those who now are in hospital with COVID problems, did not have the vaccine. Don't be one of them. Don't be one of them. It just felt important to say that this morning. And if that was of God speaking through me to you, please just receive it. And uh, just receive the encouragement to love yourself and one another and Hayley will bring the rest of our notices.
2: Good morning, everybody. Welcome back. (laughs) You have been missed. Um, Just a couple of notices. Um, All of the general activities that are happening are on the notice sheet, so please do read them. I encourage you to come tonight. Tonight at 6 p.m., we've got Rich Shorter from Church 123 coming along to talk about their work up on Howard Hill. Um, Some of you should know, hopefully all of you should know by now, that Rich has actually been called to Upminster Baptist Church. So um, they will have left Church 123. But it's a chance tonight to hear about the work that they have done and how we can continue to pray for the work on the hill. So please do come along. Today is the last day to sign up for um, holiday at Home. If that's something that you normally take part in or would like to take part in, please do speak to Vicky. And also today is the last day to contribute for the Moldova Appeal. Either if you have items, please give them to JJ, or if you have monetary contributions, please do give them to JJ. She'll be out in the welcome area at the end of the service. You will see on the notice sheet that... Um, Normally, every year, um, starting around now, we would have boxes out in the um, meeting place for people to put Christmas cards in for um, different people within the church. Um, you'll see in the notice sheet, we're not going to facilitate that this year um, for several reasons. Um, as Ian's just indicated, obviously, the new COVID variant, we don't want, we're trying to best keep this church COVID safe. So having groups of people closely congregating together is not good. So we're not going to have it for that. And also for those of you who have been taking part in Wednesdays at RBC, you'll know that we've been talking about climate change and how as Christians we can help facilitate that by doing even just small acts, and small acts can be, for example, just sending one Christmas card to the whole church and sending a blessing that way, so please do um, read the notice for that. And then finally, everybody um, is welcome to attend the funeral tomorrow for Daphne, Um, the dates and the times and the locations are in the notice sheet. So if you've not got a notice sheet, please do pick one up as you leave. So just to confirm, it's two fifteen at Forest Road Crematorium, and then at three fifteen, it's here at RBC for the Thanksgiving service. And can I ask that if you, um, when you arrive at RBC for the service, instead of going through the front doors, if you could arrive through um, the side door, that would be brilliant. Thank you. And also, if there's anybody who's available to steward tomorrow here for the 315 Thanksgiving service. Could you speak to Vicky before you leave church today? Thank you.
0: <clears throat> Thank you very much, Haley. Thank you to all who give their offering week by week and put it in the boxes, both in the welcome area, here. Use the card machine to do instant giving. Give online through the banks, all the different ways. Thank you. It means that we can keep the ministries of the church reaching out to the lonely, the least, and the lost, and to show God's love. In a moment, the children are going to leave us. We'll pray first, and we're going to thank God for the offerings. And as the children leave, if you've not had opportunity to put your offering in, it's a great time for you to either walk to one of the boxes in the area or to use the card machine. There'll be somebody out there to help you if you don't know how it works. And that's just a great opportunity to give to the church. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you give us the opportunity to bless you through our giving. And Lord, to bless you through the ministry of showing love for you. In a, as an act of worship. And Lord, we pray for all that you have blessed us with, all that we have. And Lord, we just pray, Lord, guide our giving and bless that giving for the work of your church. We pray for the work of BMS World Mission that the church supports. We pray for the work of... Home Mission, helping churches to reach out in their locality. And Lord, as now in a moment the children and young people leave, we pray, Lord, that you will go with them and that their groups will be fun, but Jesus will be famous in all that is said and done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the children and young people are going to leave us going through that door there. And uh, Hannah will direct you if you don't know where to go. And if you want to just take this opportunity to give your giving, please feel free to do so at this point. Please do seated, be seated. And we're going to bring our prayers of intercession to God right now. Let us pray. Lord, as we see the pandemic again seemingly getting worse. We pray for all who are working, working in the medical side, the scientific side, all who are in politics making decision, all who are working towards trying to keep the world as safe as possible. We pray for the world health authorities. And we pray, Lord, that this pandemic will be beaten. And that normal life will resume once again. Lord, we pray for those who fear their jobs are at risk again because of the new measures being taken in different parts of the world, from the airline industries to the hospitality industries. Lord, we pray that decisions will be made. Lord, we pray that governments will not shy away from making the tough decisions that may be needed. And Lord, as we feel the sense of winter coming on in the temperature, Lord, we pray for all who have been affected by storms in the last two days in this nation. For those families who are now mourning the loss of loved ones. But, Lord, we pray also for those who are affected by storm and wild weather throughout the world, many being caused by climate change. Lord, help us, we pray. Help us, Lord, we pray, to be good stewards of your creation. And we're needed, Lord, to change our lifestyles as an act of love for others. and Lord, in a week where we have seen horrendous images and stories of people fleeing, And risking their life by boat and drowning. We pray for refugees. And we pray for those who need to make decisions. And Lord, as political fights are now starting, we pray, Lord, for wisdom. But also, Lord, for those who are fleeing genuine bombs and out of fear that they will find a place of peace and calm. Lord, as we pray for your world, we pray for your church here in Romford, and we thank you, Lord, for this church, for all that happens in this church, for all the lives that are touched by this church Lord we pray for in each and every person who will come into this building this week through the meeting place, through its many activities through the food bank and the ministries of the church and Lord we pray you will touch each and every life but Lord we also pray for the members of this church who at the moment are facing deep sadness and Lord we reap Lift up Don and the family at this time. Lord, as tomorrow we have the committal followed by the thanksgiving service for Daphne, Lord, we pray for Don, for Susan, for Kieran, for the whole family, the grandchildren, that, Lord, you will just undertake to give them strength at this time we thank you Lord that we know because of our faith in you that Daphne is now at peace and that we will be reunited in glory Lord comfort those who mourn and we pray for John the son of Jeff Gosling and his family as they mourn the loss of Jeff. And Lord, we pray you will be with them as well. And Lord, as the service which is planned for next week is planned, Lord, that you will just undertake in all things there as well. We pray for all who have recently lost loved ones. For Margaret Griffiths, the family of John Leach, the family of Margot, the family of Daphne Joyce, the family of Patsy Hurley. Lord, just be with them while we pray. And uphold those who are struggling at this time. For Lillian, for Brian, for Mel's pigeon's dad, Eddie. For Maureen, for Pauline Yates, for Iris Oliver, for Linda Flack, for Cynthia, for Florence and Wesley, for Joan, from Pamela. Lord, may your healing hand be on each and every one of them. And Lord, as we prayed for your world. We've prayed for your church. We pray for ourselves. That, Lord, we will know your hand leading us, and we will be your witnesses wherever you call us to be. Amen. This morning we've got three Bible readings and they're going to be read by Aditola, by Christine and by John. I think it's in that order, but I'm not sure about John and Christine's order or whatever. But you sort it out and come and bring the readings of God's world. Aditola, John and Christine. you, you can take your mask off while you read.
3: Morning, church. First Bible reading is from the book of Matthew. I'll be reading from verse 18 to 25, the birth of Jesus Christ. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not, Until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. This is the word of God.
4: The uh, next readings come from the chapter uh, from Luke, Gospel of Luke, from uh, verse 26 through to 41, and then following on from that from 46 to 49. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings to you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob, forever, his kingdom will never end.
5: How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin?
4: The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born, will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God.
5: I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her.
4: At this time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit.
5: Mary's Song And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name.
0: Thank you, Attila, Christine and John for bringing God's word. And as Vicky comes to preach this morning, we're going to sing one more time. Though I feel afraid of territory, Let's stand and sing this together.
5: So Ian's already talked about the subject from pain comes blessings. And I wonder, do we actually ever associate pain with the word blessing? Because if I'm honest, it's not the first thing that comes into my mind. When I think of the word pain, I don't think of the word blessing, I think of Debilitating backache, or a headache that never lifts, or that um, unpleasant physical sensation that's caused by illness or injury. Um, that's how it's described in a dictionary. I don't think of blessing. In fact, if we were given the choice of being gifted pain or blessing, I'm sure most of us will associate, will, will say, Yes, please, I'll have a blessing rather than pain because of course, blessing associates with it feelings of of being good, of being blessed, of of being pleasant, of things that are positive, things that are intended to make us feel good. Whereas of course, if we think about pain, we often think about feeling like we're gonna cry, being pulled down, those rather negative emotions that we associate with it. So pain, we associate often mean physical or emotional, Sometimes our mental uh, pain and anguish that we're going through, but sometimes we can use the word pain as a verb. It pains me to tell you that you're really annoying me, or whatever it may be. We're using it in the sense of, you know, it's not positive, is it? It's, It's one of those things that if we're trying to confront someone, we may use it to say, look, this is how you're making me feel. But whether we are experiencing pain, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, whether we're experiencing pain short-term or long-term, whether we're experiencing pain or in whatever form that may be, on the whole, it doesn't usually leave us feeling blessed. And yet... In that passage that we've just he- heard, read that particular passage read by John and Christine. Thank you, John, Christine, and Tola, for reading this morning. It says, From now on, all generations will call me blessed, said Mary, referring to herself in her song, in her Magnificat. That name derived from the way that she starts off singing her songs of praise My soul will magnify the Lord. And maybe, maybe as this Christmas or in Christmases past when we've watched those sanitized versions of the nativity where we see the little Mary holding the baby Jesus and everything looking all lovely and hunky-dory, we maybe think that yes, of course she was blessed. But of course, what I'm looking at this morning is that even though God chose Mary, even though Mary was willing to say yes to God, there was pain. As well as a blessing. I found four reasons this morning, not remotely Baptist, is it? Four reasons why we're having uh, looking at Mary experiencing pain. And the first one, looking at the three passages, but also other passages we will be so familiar with uh, as we come to that Christmas period, is the pain of hurting others we don't know how long mary and joseph were betrothed as in the formal betrothal but the likelihood is that if they when they became formally betrothed that period of time in the jewish time customs of the time it would last for up to one year in period but of course the formal betrothal often only reflects what may have been decided by the families many many weeks years and months before those Arrangements between the families of the groom and the bride have been put in place. And then comes that formal betrothal service. And it's from that moment on when Joseph would have been working hard to uh, get a home ready for his bride. When Mary's parents would have been busy saving up and preparing for the big wedding to come. And Mary would have been preparing linens and items for her Uh, For her new home, that's, if we can remember it, those old-fashioned bottom drawers that many of us will have experienced over our lives, she would have been enjoying new skills, having that opportunity to buy something, to choose something, to make something for herself and for her new husband rather than maybe having to adorn and embroider and use something that was chosen for her by her mother or her grandmother or other members of her household. This was her moment when she could put her own stamp ready on their new home together. It would have been a time of real excitement, real joy, of planning and preparation, and then the angel appeared. And then came God's request. And we heard Mary's response, I am the Lord's servant, may your word to me be fulfilled. If ever you've said yes to God, there's that moment when you know it's the right thing to do, and then there's the moment that follows it when you have to tell other people. And sometimes that moment of telling other people will bring around hurt to others. Hurt not deliberately, but because of a result of you saying yes to God, it has an impact on other people. And wow. Was that true for Mary in this case? She had to tell her parents, she had to tell Joseph what she had said. Yes, I will bear God's son. I don't know which would have been worse for her, telling her parents what what she'd said or telling Joseph. I mean, how do you convince someone that God has told you to do something that is so out of the ordinary, so out of the human understanding? So out of the box, so to speak. We don't know how her parents responded. But we do know Joseph's reaction because we heard it this morning. We heard Tony say his mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. And because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had it in mind to divorce her quietly. He was ready to walk away, do it as nicely as he could, to do it in the best way he could, but that was what he was going to do. He, in a sense, reacted humanly. He was hurt by what was said. If any of us have ever been in that situation where we have to tell someone we love something unpleasant, something that we know will cause them pain and distress or upset. We may ourselves know how many things we try to do in order to avoid even having to do that. We try to find an alternative way, don't we? But Mary, with the words of the angels ringing in her ears, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God, had to have that painful conversation with her parents and with Joseph. And I am sure she saw in their eyes hurt, anger maybe, upset, betrayal, all those emotions that sometimes come when we tell someone we love that what we're going to do is not going to please them. And when God is speaking to you, sometimes that is the consequences. Think of our mission workers who end up going overseas and leaving their families behind. They know that it's the right thing to do, but for their families left behind, it's hard. And we can recount many countless examples of when sometimes when God calls us, it ends up leaving other people hurt. The pain of hurting others. Secondly, the pain of shame. Have you ever wondered who you can trust? Sometimes when you finally agree to share, or not agree, but you finally felt it's okay to trust someone and you share with them something private or something personal, maybe it's about a health condition or a a situation that you're walking through or whatever it may be, and, and you've really struggled and you finally told that person and then a week or two later you realise everybody else seems to know about it. It's a horrible feeling, isn't it? And I'm sure many of us can identify with that. I'm sure all of us, if we're asked to keep a confidence, do our very best to do that. And yes, occasionally mistakes happen, but I'm sure you, like me, have ended up being in a situation where news that you know full well shouldn't have been shared is being shared for prayer or being talked about over a coffee. Isn't it surprising how bad news always seems to travel fast? We only need to look at our media to realize that, don't we? There was Mary. She'd said yes to God. She was formally betrothed to Joseph, and there would have come a point where it became obvious to all those around her that she was expecting a child in Matthew's gospel, it tells us that Joseph had responded to what the angel had said to, uh, to him, that he would marry her. But Luke's Gospel says that actually they were still pledged to be married at the point at which they arrived in Bethlehem. And however, you try and kind of tie those things together, and, and we're not going to do that this morning because we simply haven't got time, the situation and the reality was that Mary would have been noticeably pregnant at a time when probably she shouldn't have been, according to the Jewish customs of the time. And if any of us have ever done any genealogy on ancestry into our own families, or we've listened to those programs, Who Do You Think You Are?, we realize that sometimes a sibling of a large family isn't really the sibling Um, isn't really a sibling, but it's actually the child of an older sibling and the mother and the father have taken it in um, as a result of what has happened in that family. It's that protecting a person. The shame associated, even in our own um, lifetime, for some of us who are older, uh, we may know from our own family history, from our own social history, from looking back in time, looking back to the Jewish time, the shame of having a child outside marriage meant that people pointed their fingers at you, meant that you were talked about. And in the time when Joseph was looking to divorce Mary quietly, it was in order to avoid her being stoned to death for being unfaithful. For Mary... Being willing to say yes to God brought on her the pain of shame. And no matter how well Joseph and Mary's own family would have tried to protect her, that would have been the reality of their situation. And it wouldn't have just been Mary for whom people would have been gossiping and pointing the finger. It could also have had an impact on Joseph himself, on Mary's parents, Mary's family. And so it goes on. The pain of shame in today's 21st century is not understood in the way that it would have been back then or in the way that some of us understand it ourselves. But it came as a consequence of Mary being willing to say yes to God. So we've had the pain of hurting others, we've had the pain of shame, and then thirdly, the pain of having to travel to Bethlehem. Okay, I don't really mean pain. I really mean the aggravation and the annoyance and the inconvenience and the weariness and all the practical stuff that went alongside Mary having to go to Bethlehem. It wasn't ideal, was it? Having to travel 60 miles close to the time when her baby was due to be born because of the result of the laws of the land and the government laying down legislation, as we heard in that reading. All of us were impacted last year by the government locking down Christmas. All of us perhaps have a little more understanding this year than we've ever had before about how we have to follow government legislation. Because most of us have tried to do that and to follow what is expected of us. We know that the best-laid plans can sometimes get turned upside down, and for Mary, the wanting to be at home and be with her mother as she gave birth, and having having the baby in her own home and the comfort—it was all turned upside down. And off to Bethlehem they had to go. And then, fourthly, there was the pain of rejection. It says, Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. In this moment, when Joseph and Mary were expected to go to Bethlehem, there was an implicit understanding that when they arrived, they should have been able to stay with relatives because this was where all the relatives would be traveling of Joseph's family back to Bethlehem because that's where they had to register. But when they got there, we know that there was no room for them. That really means that despite what would be ordinary and expected of the time for relatives, for kith and kin to put other kith and kin up, they were rejected. They weren't made welcome. Now, I have to tell you that if we have a house full and other people are wanting to join in, I might not necessarily feel that I'm hospitable enough to say, well, just come in anyway and we'll squeeze you all in. And we'll squeeze more of you in, and we'll squeeze more of you in. And yeah, if there's a bit of floor, you can come in as well. But some of you, that is your experience. That is what you would do because that's how you've been brought up. But for some of us, we don't like the inconvenience and we say, I'll just book you into the nearest Premier Lodge or Premier Inn or Travel Lodge because it's more convenient to me. And for the family of Joseph, they should have said, Come in. We'll put you up, even though it's inconvenient, we'll put you up. But they didn't. There was no room for Mary and Joseph within that family setting. They were rejected. And the words that we have in Luke's gospel for the word in, it doesn't suggest a premier or a travel lodge or a nice place with a roof and some walls and individual rooms. It meant basically somewhere like a big marquee with no signs where everybody could see everybody else. There was no privacy whatsoever. It would have been cold and miserable. And it came because they were rejected. Or the other word for in that Luke refers to could have meant it was a shepherd's cave, which, let's be honest, would have been smelly and dark and equally miserable. And I wonder, did Mary really feel blessed when she had to lay her firstborn baby son God's son in a manger because there was nowhere else for him to be laid. Because she'd been rejected by Joseph's family. The pain of hurting others, the pain of shame, the pain of rejection, the pain of having to travel to Bethlehem. These are all things that maybe we think, why on earth did Mary say yes? But our talk this morning, our focus this morning is from pain comes blessing. Because even though Mary had to experience all of that, God blessed her again and again and again. After all, he sent a second angel, didn't he? Not only to Mary, but he sent one to Joseph in a dream to say, don't, get, don't divorce Mary, keep her, marry her, remain faithful to her. And Joseph obeyed. God enabled Mary to go away from from Nazareth, to go and stay with her cousin Elizabeth, to give her some sanctuary and a place of refuge so that she could get ahead around being pregnant and all that that meant to her and to her family. And can you imagine those two women, both being pregnant by miracle babies, having that lovely time, having the opportunity to encourage one another, prepare for their pregnancy and their birth, supporting one another. What a blessing God gave to Mary to enable that to happen. And then, of course, we know what a blessing it would have been. A bit inconvenient, but what a blessing too when God sent the angels to tell the shepherds out on the hillside to go down to Bethlehem and they came and worshipped that baby. And the wise men who travelled and worshipped and presented them with gifts those times when Mary was able to treasure them in her heart, to wonder what it all meant, a time when God blessed her and that family for what was going to lie ahead. If any of us have been through any kind of difficult situation, when we may have wondered, God, are you really there? Are you listening? Do you know why, what's going on and when it will end? we can look back at those moments when God has answered our prayers. We can look back at those moments when we've known God has been working with us or maybe when he's performed a miracle or maybe when someone's come alongside us and encouraged us. And it's those memories we use, isn't it, to help us when things are difficult or painful or uncertain. They're times of blessing. And for Mary... As she looked back, at the time as, Joseph, as Jesus went towards his death, she could have used those moments of blessing to help her stay strong. There was another blessing that we've not heard about today in the readings, but that blessing when an angel was sent to take Mary and Joseph and their baby Jesus away from Bethlehem to a place of safety, away from the killing spree that was ordered by Herod, And I'm sure that there were times that Mary thought, why am I now having to flee? Why can't I go home? Why am I having to go and live as a refugee in Egypt? But they knew that God continued to have his hand on them. Because after all, he'd sent an angel to keep them safe. There was a verse that we've heard this morning. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never come to an end. I'm sure. For Mary, those words that she'd heard remained in her heart and in her mind. As she wondered what was going to happen next. Those times when she would have questioned, when she would have doubted. It's memories, it's words, it's prayers, it's the way God works with us and through us and through other people that help to keep us strong. And yes, some people do refer to her as blessed. As we think about how we view Mary, maybe we view her as Mary who was chosen to be the mother of Jesus, Chosen because she was willing to be obedient. It was a good and a wonderful thing for her to be so chosen, for her to be faithful and obedient to God, but it wasn't all that proverbial bed of roses. With it did come pain and heartache and anguish. I want to say to you this morning, each one of us here, whatever our personal situation, whether we're finding it tough or if we're in a place of uncertainty or fear, I want to say to each one of us, it's not always going to be like this. It would be lovely if we had our own personal angel to come down and tell us that it will be okay. But actually, we've got something far better than that. Because as we heard this morning, God sent his own son to be Emmanuel, to be God with us. And so whatever we are walking through, we have that assurance and that hope that God is with us in it. God does hear our cries and hears our prayers. And we don't need to be afraid because God is in control, even if at times it feels a bit bumpy. God won't leave us. God loves us. And maybe we need to follow an example that Mary gave of giving her song of praise and thanks to God. Because sometimes it's hard to thank and it's so much easier to blame. And yet God never leaves us in all that we face. I've just started this morning an Advent devotion. And I just want to read to you something that I read this morning. A saviour had been promised to God's people for centuries... They longed and prayed for rescue. And then on the right day, in the right place, at the right time, Jesus was born. And while God rarely comes at our appointed time, God always comes at the right time. So if we are waiting for something, often wondering if God has forgotten us, let us in our waiting remember the birth of Christ. Because just because God hasn't come through, as far as we can see, it doesn't mean he's abandoned us. Because to him, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. And so this very minute, he's working for his glory and for our good. And so God is going to come through, but it's on his schedule and not ours. Don't give up before the time is right. And take hope in the manger in that reminder and that promise God is with us he is our Emmanuel he becomes our savior and our Lord and our hope for the future and finally I just want to say this if God is speaking to one of more of you this morning or has been over the last few days weeks or months And you aren't quite sure if you're brave enough to take that step because humanly you're thinking about the consequences and that you may hurt someone or that there may be a negative that is associated with it. If God is speaking to you to do something new, to try a new direction, to seize an opportunity to push open a door, whatever it may be, I want to say to you, do it. Because the blessing that God has for you if he's called you to do something different or new or adventurous, then do it and be faithful like Mary was. Because I can promise you that the blessing that God has for you is far, far better than it will be if we remain holding the status quo. God is so much greater than we ever give him credit for. God's speaking to you. Please, don't ignore it, but wait for the blessing to come. Yes, there may be pain, as we've heard this morning, but the blessing way outweighs the pain that will come. Amen. And our last song reminds us that we can and do indeed have 10,000 reasons to thank God if you're able I invite you and as we leave this place we go knowing that you are with us you are our Emmanuel we do not leave this place on our own but that you are walking with us behind us and in front of us and Father God for that we thank you and so we go now in your strength with your peace in our hearts knowing that in all that we go to as we leave this place you are there and we can trust you amen amen Thank you for being with us this morning.